Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Living in this day and age, we have many needs. However, there is a need that is greater than all, and that is the need for forgiveness. Today, we'll see how we can have forgiveness through our High Priest, Jesus Christ, and live in its assurance. one of Cheryl's message titled, Such a High Priest. So I want to talk about you. Who doesn't like that? I mean, I remember when my dad was in the hospital and he was having surgery for melanoma and I had to, I wanted to keep him entertained. I also had uh, my mom with me and I was trying to keep their spirits up. It was kind of intense at the time. So I grabbed this magazine that was full of personality tests and so I'm doing personality tests on my dad and my mom, like for 30 minutes. And they're like, I'm like, okay, this one says you're a giraffe dad. And this one says, mom, you're a lioness. And she's like, I will not be a lioness if he's only a giraffe. That means I'd eat him up. Let's do it again. So, you know, until we got the right outcome. But people love to take personality tests. And why is that? Why is that? I think it's because we really don't know ourselves. We're really not sure of what we need. But let's talk about you. Let's talk about what you need. If I was to ask, what do you need most spiritually? What do you need most emotionally? What do you need most physically? I'd say that you'd probably come up with the wrong answer. Because you really don't know yourself. You know, there's such a thing as emotional eating. You know, when I'm frustrated, I think I want peach pie. When I'm angry, I think that I want chocolate. When I'm stressed, I think I need ice cream. And and, you know, we, we get this all mixed up because we cannot read ourselves and we can't even supply ourselves with what we actually need. Sometimes we tend to center our whole life on, oh, I need a new figure. If I only had a figure, and I'm not talking a monetary figure, even though sometimes we think that's what we need. If I only had this much money, if I only had this house, if I only had these friends, if I only had this neighborhood, If I only had less wrinkles, if I only was younger, all these things we think will answer our need, they won't. They won't. You see, what we need, what we really need, is we need forgiveness. That's our deepest need. We need forgiveness and assurance of that forgiveness. You know, some of you are forgiven 
but you don't live in the assurance of that forgiveness. And you, you need to know that you know that you know I'm forgiven. The past is absolutely wiped out. It's been removed from me. As far as the East is from the West, or as Malachi puts it, it's been dumped into the deepest sea and God will remember it no more. The person that is most important to please refuses to recognize that we've ever sinned. You need to know that you are no longer accountable for the wrongs you have done. That God's not sitting there going, well, I still remember 1995. You know, have we really dealt with that one? God's not doing that. He's no longer holding you accountable. David said, oh, how blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. He doesn't even reckon it in your account. You need to know And this is a deep need. This is both a spiritual, emotional, and physical need that you have been declared righteous, that you have been cleansed from all unrighteousness, and that you will be forgiven, that all sins, past, present, and future are covered by Jesus' blood. You need to know this. Jesus, as your great high priest, has already made provision for all your sins. He has made available to you the very presence of God and all the benefits of having God as your father and having God pleased with you. And he is already appropriating to you all the blessings of God. In Psalm 27, 13, the psalmist said, I would have lost hope if I did not believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, if I didn't know that today I could be forgiven, today I could receive the benefits, the grace of God, the supplies of God, the love of God, the power of God. If I didn't know today, that I can have these, I would have lost heart. I would faint. I wouldn't want to go on. Your greatest need is forgiveness and assurance of that forgiveness, but also it's access to God. You need to know that your prayers are heard. There is nothing more frightening than feeling like your prayers are not heard because you have No one who really sees, no one who really knows. But, oh, you need to know your prayers are heard and they will be answered. Not just simply answered, but they will be answered in the best possible way. Not necessarily the way you wanted it. Better, better, much better. As Tim Keller, who you saw earlier said, they will be answered in the way you would have prayed had you known what God had in mind. Isn't that great that God goes one step above? When I was seven years old, I saw the first Mary Poppins with Julie Andrews. And in those days, we were not allowed to go to the movies. Don't ask me why there was this legalism. My dad had come out of that legalism, but my mom still was kind of saying, don't tell any of the relatives that I let you see Mary Poppins. 
and that I sat next to you while you watched it. You cannot tell. So my Annie C., who was still in the Foursquare Church, said, you know, is there anything you want? I'm like, I want a Mary Poppins doll, and I can't tell you why, but I want a Mary Poppins doll. Well, there was a Mary Poppins doll that came with just one outfit, the one she was wearing. It was the one with the umbrella with the parrot on the end and her little blue uniform with the little hat with the flower popping out. And so that's the one I wanted. That's the one I expected. Well, I got to Arizona. My aunt had a camp called Camp Friendly Acres. And when I got to the cabin, there was a note and it sent me to look in the bureau and then the bureau sent me to a certain drawer and the drawer sent me to the refrigerator and the refrigerator sent me to the mirror in the bedroom and the mirror in the bedroom sent me under the couch in the living room and under the couch sent me back to the bureau where I first started at the bottom cabinet. And when I opened it up, there was not just a single Mary Poppins doll. But that's what I'd asked for. There was Mary Poppins with every single accessory and outfit she wore in the movie. And my Aunt Nisi said, I know you go to movies and it's okay, but don't tell your mom I know. I lived in a family of secrets. <laughs> but my anisi went beyond. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. You need to know your prayers are heard and that they will be answered. And the only reason they tarry is because the answer is so much bigger and better than you imagined. You need to know that God accepts you and that's why you have access. And he is willing to give you all the grace you need whenever you need it and for whatever you need it. All the grace you need. He's not gonna withhold his grace from you. You ask for grace, you're gonna get it in bucketfuls. You're going to get an abundance of grace, more grace than you counted on. What else do you need? You need understanding. Oh, do you need understanding? You need understanding. Sometimes you're like trying to explain it to maybe your spouse, your friend, and they get that look like you're from a different planet than I am. You know, I am from earth and you are from, it's just that. They're not getting you. And so then you try to explain it in other ways. And they don't understand why you did that or why you think that way or, or why you would ever act that way. Like what was going through your mind? You know, sometimes Brian will say, what are you thinking? And I don't want to tell him because it takes an explanation of how I got to that point. Because if I just tell him what I'm thinking at that moment, there's no reference point for it. I have to go like way back. 
Like, remember when we passed the big yellow house to the right and it's all closed down? Well, I was thinking, I wonder what it would be like to make that a bed and breakfast, which made me think of if I had a bed and breakfast, I'd like to supply it with, this is true, thought pattern. I would like to supply it with bicycles so people could bicycle. But if people bicycled, they'd need a good trail and they'd need a trail that's safe without cars and because I don't want a car to hit them. And it's so bad that people hit people and then they just drive off and it goes unreported. What would be a great way to report people that hit cars that would actually see them? And so he says, what are you thinking? I'm thinking about hit and run drivers. And he's like, why would you think about that? Understanding. But Jesus knows our thoughts. He thoroughly knows them. In Psalm 139, it says that there's not a thought in our mind or that goes through our mind that he doesn't know it all together. What is that know it all together? It means he knows the inception. He knows the process. And he understands because he knows our history. He knows our past. He knows everything that happened to us in grade school. He knows all the words that were spoken to us and over us, the ones that stuck and the ones that didn't stick. He knows all of our hurts. He knows it all. And with all of this knowledge, he understands us. He understands. But he also knows us thoroughly because he's experienced life on earth. He went through everything we go through. When Jesus chose to come to earth and be a man, he didn't come. He didn't come as a grown-up. He came from the womb. He allowed himself to be reduced to the womb. He came out as a helpless baby so he could know our helplessness, so he could know our vulnerability, so he could know our needs, so he could know our communication. So he could know how we learn. So he could experience how we grow and have growing pains. He he knew this because he's omniscient. But he chose to experience it so that he could say, I know. As we already read in Hebrews, that it pleased the Father to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. In other words, Jesus chose to go through the university of our suffering that he might not only know it, but get the degree in it. He knows exactly what you need every moment. He knows what you need in your life. He knows what you need in your present circumstances. And he knows what you need for your future. You know what else you need? You need an intercessor. You need someone who's going to explain you to others. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, will you explain me to my man? Will you just tell him, can he see my heart for a moment? Could he see? Because, you know, sometimes like Brian will say to me, I know why you did that. No, you do not know why. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know how you react. No, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. You don't always know because this time is different. This is a unique time, Brian. This is different. Isn't that true? I mean, you all have unique times. You know what it is. And somebody who thinks they know you, 
Or, you know, have you ever gotten the worst gift in the world for Christmas? And somebody says, I just knew you'd love it. You're like, ah. <laughs> what do I do with this one? We need someone who is completely on our side. We need someone on our side. Someone who knows us completely, knows what we need, and goes for it. Goes for it. He advocates to get that thing we need. He says, let me return that awful present. Let me take it back to Nordstrom's and get the right thing, because Nordstrom's takes everything. Let me get the right thing and give it back to you. That's what he does. He is advocating. He is passionate for our best interest and our prosperity. Isn't that great? I remember, I don't know if you, when you were a little girl, when I was a little girl, my mother would pick out my best friends and she'd say, this is your best friend. And I would go, this is my best friend. But my best friends didn't always act in my best interest. They knew that my favorite flavor of lollipop was cherry. And my most unfavorite flavor was lemon. And my mom came home with a lemon lollipop for me one time. And I said, lemon. And she said, well, I thought you liked cherry, but your best friend told me you prefer lemon. And that's when I knew she was not my best friend. Because my best friend would have wanted me to have cherry, knowing how I love cherry and how I gave lemon to the boy next door. We need someone who believes in us. They believe in us. They say, I believe in your heart. I know who you are. I believe in you. And therefore, because I believe in you, I want the best for you. You need an advocate who is holy, pure, authentic, divine, harmless, not vindictive, volatile, or vengeful. Oh, yes. You need an advocate who is undefiled, incorruptible, righteous, cannot be swayed to unrighteousness for any reason. You need an advocate who is separate from sinners, without any personal need, without selfish ambitions, and not motivated by the things that draw sinners. You need an advocate, though, who is powerful, who is authoritative, who is strong, who is influential and able to make things happen. In other words, you need an advocate who is higher than the heavens. This is exactly what you have through Jesus, in Jesus, and because of what Jesus has done. You see, you have what you really, truly need in the deepest reaches of your heart, spiritually, emotionally, but also physically. Hebrews 7 verses 18 through 28 reveals to us the why Jesus' priesthood was superior and more advantageous than the priesthood of Aaron. The first priesthood was based on commandments that were weak in that they couldn't strengthen the adherent or produce righteousness in anyone. They couldn't do for us what we needed. The high priest couldn't make us strong. In fact, the high priest knew very few people. He was isolated. He lived in the temple compound. Very few people knew the high priest. 
He couldn't make anyone righteous. His sacrifice could only cover, but it couldn't profit. It was unprofitable in that it could not improve the internal condition of the heart. You were still left with the same heart that was going to need another sacrifice. It couldn't transform the heart. And it could not guarantee the eternal destiny of anyone. Because as soon as you got that atonement, you might go out and sin, lie, unexpectedly, unwillingly, just all of a sudden blurt it out. Have you ever lied? No, we haven't. Well, I have. And I did it when I didn't mean to. I I was walking out. I don't know why I did this. Except I think I got intimidated. And there were some people outside of the market that, you know, and they go, hi there. Do you care about the environment? You know what I said? It was a total lie. I said this. I used to be one of you. I'm not even sure what that meant. I was never one of them. I mean, I used to be human, but I still am. And I walked to the car and I heard the Holy Spirit go, you used to be one of them. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I just lied. I just didn't want to give them my money. And I didn't want to sign any forms. I, and, I, and I think their cause is a little bit crooked. I, I just, and I feel like they're doing it for a college class for for points, because I did something like that when I was in college too, for points, for my civics class. High school, high school, I don't want to keep lying here. I did it in high school. But I, you know, I used to be one of you. And I'm sitting there in the car going, Lord, I just lied. Forgive me, forgive me. And he's like, it's all right. I just brought it to your attention so we could get this cleared away. So you don't do that anymore. Hello, I used to be one of you. You know, but can you imagine? I'd need to go pick out another lamb and get right back to the temple and say, could you do this one? I I just told somebody I was one of them. I'm not one of them. Here's another, I mean, I told Brian, if we lived under the old covenant, you wouldn't have a flock. You know, I'd be like, sorry, Brian. I had a bad thought. You know, he'd be looking around like, where's sheep number six? Sorry, I took your money that was on top the dresser. I don't know why you leave it there, but I took it. You know, it would be just, I'm sorry, we'd lose the flock. Part of because obsessive compulsive disorder, you know? I think that might've been a sin, just in case I'm taking sheep number seven. Jesus' priesthood also brought a better hope. And, and this word hope means certain expectation or a secure expectation, something that's definitely going to happen. Without doubt, it's going to happen. Christmas is an expectation. It comes every year. It's a certainty. And that's what we're talking about, this hope. It's a certainty. We like it, we want it, and it's guaranteed. It's going to happen. It came by a better ordination, the ordination of Melchizedek. It brought a better covenant. It's continuous, it's constant, and it gives us an unchanging priesthood. It brought a thorough salvation, not just a partial atonement or a yearly atonement. It brought a thorough salvation, one that not only forgave forever, but also cleansed. And it brought us passionate intercession for whatever we need. Jesus is superior to any earthly priest because he cannot die. 
and he is fitting for us. In other words, he is everything we need and he has been perfected forever. He has been declared righteous. He has been proven righteous and he has been ordained righteous high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The past priesthood under Moses, and here's where we're gonna get our history lesson. During the Mosaic priesthood, there had to be an ordination, Exodus 29. The ordination was that Aaron was appointed by Moses. Though he was chosen by God, he was appointed by Moses. Aaron was not perfect. Perhaps you remember this about Aaron. Forgiveness is a deep need that is spiritual, emotional, and physical. Through our High Priest, Jesus Christ, we have been cleansed from sin and declared righteous. That means we are forgiven for all sins, past, present, and future. They are covered by the blood of Jesus who presented Himself holy and pure as our final sacrifice. Because of this, we have a relationship with God and all the benefits and blessings of being His children. Our greatest and deepest need is met and found in Jesus Christ. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll further our study of Jesus, our high priest, as we continue our series, Our Great Faith in the Book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.